0: to actual advice, living dead, debt, or actual wisdom is purely coincidental. I'm your monstrous manager, Frank Eastman.
1: And I'm your lovable office companion, Derek Lewis.
0: Our weekly agenda includes addressing some audience questions and taking on a few issues from the internet. But first, time for the daily stand-up.
1: What have you got for me, Frank?
0: Well, it's something that's near and dear to both of our hearts... And that is, Joey Chestnut eats 413 chicken wings at a Hooters all-you-can-eat-chicken-wing marathon.
1: Did he die?
0: He didn't die.
1: What is this affront against God and nature?
0: So, have have you heard of Joey Chestnut?
1: I don't have the first clue what you're talking about.
0: A.K.A. Joey Jaws. He is... um, You're sounding
1: like an NPC in your Fallout RPG right now. What is up with this buffoon?
0: So he is a competitive eater. And he has won the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest multiple times. Um, He decided to go and uh, celebrate National Chicken Wing Day. Attacking Hooters, $16, all-you-can-eat special.
1: What a part, What about this is celebration? And he had the shits for a week. How do you do this?
0: I mean, I'm on keto. This seems like a reasonable lunch.
1: Chicken wings is my favorite food in the entire world. I can do maybe eight. And I am, as you know, Derek Lewis, certified big guy, Four hundred and thirteen, you said?
0: Yep. He had eaten two hundred and fifty between eleven a.m. and five fifty.
1: I have shit to do in my day.
0: He then ate the rest of them over several more hours.
1: Hashtag this is America.
0: My God. That's a lot of chicken wings.
1: Is it? Is it a lot of chicken wings? It's
0: a handful of chicken wings. Is it, Frank?
1: Why did you give me this? Why what am I supposed to do with this information?
0: Because well, both of us like chicken wings, and I figured it'd be something that we could talk about.
1: I, I can I talk through this abject horror and disgust? I am I am having mental diarrhea thinking about it. Well, I'm sure he had
0: actual, but
1: <sighs> were they at least like the good Daytona wings?
0: I mean, if you're going for speed, you're probably not waiting on them to do the second cook that's required for the Daytona wing.
1: So he's going for distance, yes. not going for speed.
0: Want to get to an audience question?
1: I certainly do. Uh, we're going to flip things on its head. That didn't make sense. We're going to flip things around today, and I have the audience questions. So Derek, howdy boys i'm derek so frank howdy boys i want an office dog i work in accounts payable and my whole day is invoices and tracking down packing slips and i really do think a pet would break up the monotony how do i make this fantastic plan seem like my supervisor's idea coming from rover in dover
0: okay so they want an office dog
1: yes they don't specify what kind of dog whether it's a good dog, apart from, you know, all dogs are good dogs.
0: They work in accounts receivable.
1: Payable.
0: Payable. See if they worked in accounts receivable
1: Is that a the retriever sort of thing?
0: Would oh. be good. Ooh.
1: But if so, it's accounts
0: payable that's outgoing money.
1: I see the problem. So we need to tell this poor soul. He needs to swap to accounts receivable, and the retriever can be like the office mascot.
0: I think that would work, but if we're going to maintain our current job and we're in payable, I think what we need is a ridiculous purse dog.
1: Okay, you have my attention.
0: A ridiculous purse dog that is expensive and purebred, you know, to represent pay.
1: Mm-hmm. A, a, little, a little Prada purse puppy. Okay. Well, it seems like the meat of the issue is how do we make it feel like their boss's idea? So, hmm. Because you can come up with any kind of brilliant idea and it doesn't fucking matter. It has to be... It has to come from uh, one step up the totem pole from you.
0: Well, then obviously this is the boss's dog. And you just need to have a job taking care of the boss's dog.
1: Hmm, how does that work?
0: Well, if the boss is afraid to leave their dog at home alone, they'll have to bring their dog to the office.
1: Does that solve the issue of we need an office dog? We need some a dog that is good moral support for the whole floor. If the boss has a dog already, why would, the, why would the boss share that?
0: Well, if the boss has a dog and the boss is comfortable leaving the dog at home, we have to make the boss afraid to leave the dog at home. So we're going to have to kidnap the dog
1: mm-hmm. and
0: ransom the dog back.
1: Okay, okay, there's where accounts payable. Uh, you can utilize that skill set. Send an invoice. Uh, fill it out. You know, get your little manager stamp on it. I have no idea how accounts payable works. As we know, I am Derek Lewis, the software developer.
0: I think accounts payable involves sending money out. So I think they would be good at paying ransom, but not very good at asking for ransom.
1: Hmm. How much... How much would a dog go for? Let's say that the, the boss obviously has a Prada puppy. What do you ask for?
0: I mean, it's their dog. So, oh. as much as the market is willing to bear, it really depends on how attached they are to the dog.
1: Hmm. Now I'm going to throw a problematic objection at you. What if the boss doesn't have a dog?
0: Well, then we have to get the boss a dog.
1: Okay, okay. This could work on a few levels. Just show up at the boss's house with the dog?
0: Well, I mean, I think we need to give them... If they don't already have a dog, then that makes it a lot easier, because we don't have to necessarily kidnap the dog. We give them a dog at work, for work.
1: You know, I think it did work on Brooklyn Nine-Nine.
0: If I'd seen more of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, that might be useful as a starting ground.
1: I see. This is going to be a joke that is cut from the show, isn't it? Probably. Okay, great.
0: (laughs) This is a weird energy, Derek.
1: You've left me speechless, Frank. This is a good time to confess something. What is that? I've always had big guy love for you.
0: Oh, all right. That wasn't what I was hoping for.
1: Oh, what were you hoping for? This is, this is the pivotal moment. This is the K-drama confession.
0: Here, I'm going
1: to reach through this screen, and I'm grabbing your wrist. It's like you can almost hear it.
0: Mm-hmm. Like you can
1: almost feel it.
0: I, almost like I can hear it and feel it.
1: Almost like I've gotten, like, seven inches closer to this mic. Indeed. To show that I can never forgive you unless you accept this.
0: I accept your love, Derek.
1: This is a weird energy. friend.
0: It is a really weird energy.
1: So, do you have any issues from the internet for me? While I process all of these many emotions and brand new
0: feelings. Alright. Issue from the internet. I got an anonymous message telling me my boss tried to fire me. I actually know who sent it. The person wanted to tell me and didn't want their name attached to anything. The owner of the company, someone with whom I have a good relationship, Has to approve firings, and he rejected the notion to fire me. My boss has no idea I know, and I'm not sure how to act around my boss now. From Skylar Wildwood.
1: Well, that's a real awkward fucking situation, isn't it? It is a
0: really awkward situation. That's what we deal in here.
1: That means you're basically immortal. You have immunity.
0: Yeah, they came for you, and they didn't finish the job. (sighs) Ugh.
1: This is good. You've got leverage. Fucking use it. You want the last of anything? Do you want the last French Vanilla Creamer in the break room? You've got it.
0: Yeah, it's your French Vanilla Creamer. You own the place now. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Unless, of course, you piss off the boss boss. But right now, you own your boss because he tried to kill you and couldn't.
1: It's basically diplomatic immunity. As far as my understanding of the business world goes... You are the new boss.
0: That's right. You, pro- you are the new boss. And I think you should go ahead and take all of his stuff out of his office and put your stuff in there.
1: Excellent. So at your cubicle, you have all of your boss's stuff, so you can feel important.
0: Yes, you've put it all in a banker's box, which is a thing that I had heard. Like, this is kind of a non sequitur, but I'd always heard about, you know, the banker's box. But I'd never really seen banker's box brand banker's boxes until I got laid off at one job and they gave me a literal banker's box to put my shit in.
1: Did you have a little potted plant in it?
0: I didn't have a little potted plant, but I had a bunch of other shit that was mine, like pictures of my children and things like that. You know, personal effects. And I kept the box.
1: I see. You know, you did show me some pictures from your move and I did see that banker's box holding... At least like a fraction of your nerd shit. Your D&D miniatures. Yes, I am coming for
0: you on this day. Why are you coming for me on my own podcast? Revealing things about my personal business and life.
1: Our podcast. We built this together. You, Frank Eastman, and me, obviously, Derek Lewis. We, your we, lovable office companion.
0: We did not build this city on rock and roll. We yeah. built it on office stuff, not my love of nerd things.
1: We built this city on... On chicken wings and a little bit of rub-a-dub. Come on, now.
0: <laughs> this is true. And uncomfortable. All We've right. We've shared
1: so much. So many, so many bathroom crimes.
0: Now I'm thinking about the chicken wings again. Awesome. All right. so It's, the... it's
1: like, it's like they never feed you over there. How are you surviving in the land of northern food?
0: In the land of northern... I mean, like, honestly, I I really bring most of my own food anymore. There's there's no food here. I work on a mountaintop. Like, almost literally work on a mountaintop. And we have to send out for provisions. They're brought by a hairy old man on a donkey. So Mm -hmm. mostly I have to bring my own food to eat.
1: You are your own hairy old man on a donkey. I
0: I am that hairy old man on a donkey.
1: Does that mean your tiny Meep Meep car is now your donkey? It is. Your mighty steed? No, I Your Meeping Angel?
0: We've already discussed I have to leave the Meeping Angel at a parking deck like a mile and a half from my work and then take a different donkey.
1: Yes, the mighty urban street donkey.
0: The street donkey.
1: I've heard those Seattle buses get a real weird
0: you know, the one that I take for, you know, commuting every day to, to work is not a weird bus, but I also oh, Well, realized, you're also
1: on the Privilege Express, Mr. I'm in Bellevue.
0: Yeah, I'm on the Privilege Express, but I'm also at either the stop or the tail end of the route. So it's like, I'm the only person that gets on the bus... And usually when I'm getting off the bus, it's at the literal last stop at the terminal, and I'm the only person on there.
1: How do you feel having an entire bus to yourself?
0: I mean, it feels good. At that point, I'm just being chauffeured around the city, and so that's, that's not bad. The, the thing that does make it weird, though, is at this point you would think I would recognize and know and have spoken to any of the bus drivers that are regular bus drivers on the route, but this is me.
1: They care about you. As much as you care about them.
0: Which is to say not much. Mm -hmm. I mean, I should be different than I... uh, And today, actually, this is... Again, we're going down a completely different rabbit hole. But today, I got on the bus and someone had left their inhaler. And an inhaler is medication that a person needs to breathe. And I found that to be something relatively important.
1: This is fallout in real life. You just found Jet, friends.
0: I did just find Jet. So I... I, you know, picked up this inhaler and I was like, well, someone obviously needs this. What happens to things that get left on the bus here in Seattle? I'm sure they probably have something like a lost and found where everything gets collected. And if someone needs their life-saving medication that has gotten left on a bus somewhere, then they can contact the bus people, transit authority, whatever, and get their medication back. So I brought it to the bus driver who looked at me like I was fucking insane. And I was like, is there some place that we can leave this? And he's like, leave it in the seat.
1: You're bringing a heavy dose of Southern hospitality to a city that would almost prefer that you died just so there'd be one less fucking person in this city. This
0: is true. And I, and I understand. I get that sentiment. It was It was a momentary weakness on my part Looking out for the health and safety of one of my fellow travelers. But, yeah, no, I felt kind of like an asshole. I was like, yeah, all right, I see. You just le- If you leave something on the bus, it, it's gone forever. Mm-hmm. Your medication. Hopefully you didn't have a huge copay because it was full. It was a heavy inhaler. That was a brand new inhaler.
1: That's pretty sad.
0: Yeah, someone had a bad day. Hopefully they're not... You know, I'm not gonna read the news, and it's gonna be like asthmatic dies for lack of inhaler because left it on the bus or something. That that would be sad.
1: One less ass crowding your bu- per- your personal private bus. Hey,
0: my personal private bus is just my personal private bus. So speaking of death, this guy has come for nice segue. us. It's a good segue, I thought. Better when we point it out. <laughs> um, That's comedy. When uh, so they've come for you. But they couldn't finish the job. They can't snuff the rooster, as it were.
1: You've lost me, Frank.
0: It's old music, Derek. Derek, you're so young that you don't remember any of these sort of musical references that I'm making.
1: Well, forgive me that I haven't dusted off my gramophone lately. Oh, please, educate me in the ways of music from your time. Grandpa?
0: Alright. Alright. Do we want to get to an audience question in lieu of me embarrassing myself about old people music?
1: You embarrass yourself whether you want to or not. BBs! I'm in an open marriage, and my boss walked past me while I was on my dating profile. My boss has met my wife before, and I think she and my wife go to some of the same social events. She didn't say anything, but she definitely saw my screen. Is this the time to come clean about my alternative lifestyle? Or do I let her think I'm cheating and avoid an unpleasant conversation? From Swinger Dan in San Antonio.
0: Alright, so our last one was about someone coming for you and failing. Where are you going with this? This one you're going to have to succeed. The only solution here is to take your boss out.
1: Okay, okay. Go bold.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're, we're gonna have to push them down some stairs before they out you to the entire office.
1: Okay, that's not the taking your boss out method that I thought
0: you were going for. No, not dating. Not dating our boss.
1: Uh, you know, I thought maybe it was becoming this kind of a podcast. We built this amazing energy.
0: <sighs> See, I went to murder and you went to a much neater and probably better way of Solving our problem with the power of love
1: you've met me i'm a I'm a big teddy bear.
0: yes, you will solve a problem with with the power of love, and I would solve a problem with pushing someone down some stairs. I know where both of our instincts lie now and they're not in good places.
1: You do know that murder is morally wrong, and that even if there is a right time for murder, this isn't it. I'm seeing you on Skype. You look really confused.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't get what you're.
1: It's a it's efficient, you think, but there's paperwork. You've got to find a new boss. Maybe she's not cool. Maybe the new boss. I, I don't know.
0: But you don't you don't understand, Derek. I can't be seen. No one knows anything about my personal life at the office.
1: Then why are you pulling up your dating profile? Why is your Plenty of Fish right there on your browser?
0: Is Plenty of Fish the Christian dating app?
1: Um, it was in a Lady Gaga video, so I'm assuming it's a lesbian one. Oh. I don't actually Christian know. Christian mingle. There we go.
0: Farmers only.
1: You know, one time I had signed up... Uh, yes, signed up for a job. That's how jobs work. I was an intern at a, uh, at a small regional establishment, and... Uh, being in the intern role, it, it swapped over year to year. The gentleman who had my position's email address before me had used it to sign up for farmers only just before I got to it. So I'm signing in on the first day, all like, yep, here's my new first professional email. And then there's uh, all of these messages to user milk my calf. And I felt Pretty uncomfortable with just that whole energy for a while.
0: See, I know for a fact that person was fronting up real bad if they were an intern and on farmers only.
1: Mm. It was in Connecticut. Can I even say that? Like, do they even have farmers there?
0: I've been in Connecticut. No.
1: Alright, uh, there's a contradiction. This is Phoenix Wright, I'd yell objection.
0: Categorically, there are no farms or food of any sort in Connecticut.
1: Yes, I'm I'm really adding a lot to the whole uh, Wikipedia page of the story of Derek Lewis today.
0: Yes. Alright, so I think we're probably going to have to go down your particular line of thinking, because mine is a dead end.
1: Uh. That's real bad.
0: Yeah, uh, That's real good. Uh, <laughs> so if we're taking our boss out, what is, what is the most romantic dinner that says, don't tell everybody else in the office about the fact that I'm in a non-monogamous relationship?
1: Can you put it on a post note and, like, slip it into a catering box? Like... You know, on nukes, when they give you those uh, peanut butter, chocolate, rice krispie treats with that thick layer of chocolate, maybe just like take a pin and scribble out that exact note on that oh. thick layer of chocolate.
0: I I see where you're, that I like that idea a lot. I don't know if nukes is a universal thing. It really should be, because now I want one of those damn rice krispie treats with the chocolate on top.
1: You're doing keto. I know. You're just you're just edging yourself perpetually
0: doing keto i I can't eat the rice krispie treat and then if it's not like a a kosher marshmallow because of my pork allergy i can't do the rice krispie treat i'm really getting this rice krispie treat no-go thing coming and going
1: do you ever look at your life and think okay i used to have dreams now you're across the country you can't eat bacon and rice crispy hurts your tummy.
0: I I have a teenager. So really hopes and dreams died a long time ago.
1: You know your family listens to this. This
0: is this is true. Your
1: mom is going to write you letters, Frank Eastman. <laughs> my,
0: my mother will write me an angry, strongly worded letter.
1: That's half of your listenership. Frank Eastman. Can you afford to alienate that? Many I cannot
0: of of afford your to people? alienate that many of my listeners. <sighs> no, but I mean I I have kids and I drive a two-seater electric car. It's, it's not, adorable. It's not like I had, you know, a lot of suave things going for me before I could no longer eat food.
1: How could you even make a Rice Krispie treats keto? Like that's sort of Intrinsically keto poison.
0: Well, I mean, if I were to try and make a Rice Krispie treat that was keto and it wasn't me, I would start with regular marshmallows, you know, and that's pork, so I can't eat that. But then the only thing in keto that's crunchy like Rice Krispies is pork seaweed. rinds. Wait.
1: Okay. You told me about the seaweed crunchies. I've witnessed this happening.
0: I mean, the seaweed crunchies I don't think would stand up to the marshmallowing. I think the only thing that we could do would be to make a Rice crispy treat out of pork rinds. And then set ourselves on fire because we just ate a Rice crispy treat made of pork rinds.
1: You say that, but I know 100% you would try it. If I mean, someone put a Rice Krispies treat, a uh, pork rind bullshit mess on a plate in front of you... You'd go win in Rome.
0: I do say win in Rome a lot, and then eat things that are questionable at best.
1: And you spend your night itchy. This is your life. Welcome to nearly 40.
0: (laughs) Welcome to nearly 40. I'm itchy a lot of the time, and I drive a two-seater electric car.
1: You have a teenager, and it gives
0: you feels. It does.
1: (sighs) Did we solve the problem? Did we help?
0: We never solve the problem. Do, you, but
1: do we usually?
0: No. I mean, that's the point. The point is not to solve the problem. The point is the journey. Deep wisdom.
1: Okay. I'll write that down. All right. I'll put it in our, our notebook of us.
0: How about an issue from the internet?
1: <laughs> Let's hear it.
0: My manager just said she's going to clone me with a very serious look on her face. What should I do? Well, <laughs> pride, I. I mean, there's got to be somebody that if we had two of them, it would be good.
1: Hmm. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. That'd be real cool. One, one could be a spare.
0: I mean, even if we had a spare, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Ruth Bader Ginsburg is so old. I don't know that the spare would last real long. Like, if we were to make a spare now, put it in cryogenic storage. She's a real old lady. I don't want to think about Ruth Bader Ginsburg passing away, but at the same time, I think the time to have cloned her was approximately 700 years ago.
1: You've made us both real sad now. (sighs) Hmm. Yourself? You're enough of the narcissist that you'd want to. Oh, I mean,
0: I know I would, but you already said that I'm not bringing enough value to be worth cloning in an office.
1: I never said that. Did I say that?
0: You implied it heavily. What good can two managers do? No good. They can manage better than one manager.
1: Is that, in your experience, what happens? You have two people steering the ship saying, this is perfect, let's put two people in charge?
0: Yes. More than once I've been in a situation where there's a lot of managers and almost no one to manage.
1: Has it worked out pretty well for you?
0: All right, so we're cloning someone else.
1: Okay, someone useful.
0: Someone useful. Mm. Like a, a bricklayer or a plumber. Or I if I were to if if you clone yourself, then you can put together larger IKEA furniture projects.
1: You are still thinking about that bed frame that I would totally know about because I am your co-creator, halfway
0: across the country. I still haven't finished putting together the bed frame. The bed frame takes two people.
1: Well, there's someone in your house who doesn't want to do it. I'll do it. If- Me. She'll, they'll do it eventually.
0: Me? I don't want to do it either. No one wants to do it. It's hot here.
1: Yeah, funny how that works. We moved from America's armpit. And it's still fucking hot.
0: We moved from America's armpit to America's back of the knee. Oh. Yeah, and it still gets kind of sweaty there. Most of the time, not. You can wear shorts, but sometimes. Oh, you want to show off dim legs? Yeah, no, I don't.
1: Oh, come on, it's Seattle. Someone's got to be into that
0: up here. Probably, at which point, again, no, I don't. I've I've seen the
1: kinds of events that show up here.
0: I have too. And again, no, I don't.
1: <laughs> All right, I'm going to stop there before your mom sends me any a nasty letter.
0: I've been on Capitol Hill. I've seen things. <laughs> You've been seen. I've been seen, but I've also seen things. What were we even talking about again? Oh, uh, cloning.
1: Cloning, yes, obviously.
0: Yes. I mean, the only person that's been valuable enough to clone that I can think of, and it's old news, is one sheep.
1: It was a pretty memorable sheep.
0: Yeah, I mean...
1: It gave hope to a lot of people. It might be misplaced hope.
0: I was going to say, it gave hope to many people like 30 fucking years ago. That was the last time we did anything with cloning that anybody can think of.
1: God damn it, I want to argue with you, but I think you're right this time.
0: Yeah, it's like we peaked in the 90s from a scientific standpoint. Like, all we've really done since then is invent social media. And I don't really think that's an invention so much as an infection of some sort. Hmm. It's like, we had cloning in the 90s. And we're not, like, making organs and shit.
1: No, we're making, like, replacement dogs.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. So people are, people are cloning dogs. Mm -hmm. That seems useless. That's that tracks.
1: Yeah. That's that sort of Bellevue bus kind of business kind of life.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I will admit I'm the kind of person that's like, you should go ahead and get a dog from a shelter. That's just like a mutt and not spend money on a purebred dog. Most of which are not really dogs anymore. So the only way you could be more of a complete asshole than buying a designer dog is to be- buy a genetic replica of your designer dog that you had previously.
1: You're sneezing in God's face at that point, if you if you believe in such things.
0: I mean, what happens if you clone an English bulldog?
1: <sighs> I'm assuming you get a puddle of goo that never... White resolidifies. I was gonna say,
0: I think it's just the thing from the thing at that point. It's another reference you wouldn't get, Derek, because you're young.
1: Do you want to know what year I was born?
0: Not really, but I'm sure you're gonna tell us anyway.
1: Yeah, it was the year 1990. I'm suddenly much younger than you thought I was. Back,
0: back when sheep cloned.
1: Yes, yes. I watched Rugrats. I'm, I'm now. The target of, like, nostalgia shit in the stores. Remember, like, a few years ago when it was all Ninja Turtles and classic X-Men? No, now I am the classic generation. It used to be 80 com. Now it's 90 com.
0: Man, I've gotten so old and irrelevant that I'm no longer so old and irrelevant all right, we're going to move on to a new segment I like to call uh, This Isn't Derek.
1: What? What do you mean? Where's Derek? Where'd he go?
0: You're not Derek.
1: <gasps> oh, shit. Oh, oh my God. When not that happen?
0: You'll, you'll never be Derek. You can't replace him.
1: You know, I have to confess, I'm actually not Derek. Hello, my name is Britta. You've You may have heard about me in stories such as that time I tried to do gardening and it sucked.
0: I remember that, but that involved being outside in Alabama, which is uniformly terrible.
1: (laughs) I don't have a feel for the character, Derek Lewis, like I do with you, but I haven't lived with Derek for damn near six years now.
0: Yeah, I mean... Derek is, Derek is Derek. Derek is is fairly unique in that respect, I guess. Like, you you can put on the Frank persona, but it's difficult to put on the Derek persona.
1: He likes people.
0: He likes people.
1: He's good at what he does. I'm a walking dumpster fire.
0: He's a simple and happy man.
1: Is he going to listen to this episode?
0: He's a blessed idiot.
1: Theater school didn't prepare me for Derek. It taught me to shut myself down and imagine ways that I might, how to put it, crush others beneath my heel for any sort of benefit for myself. It was easier to play you.
0: Yeah. I, I think I'm probably an, an easier character to inhabit, as I said. Derek is a little more difficult. But it was uh, it was very nice of you to agree to be on the show.
1: Anything for you? God, no, that's a weird energy to bring.
0: Yeah. That...
1: No, maybe I should put my Derek voice on before I start being sultry.
0: Yeah, well, that was last episode. Anything
1: for you, Franklin?
0: Last episode was uh, was dial s for sex phone, so <laughs> we've already got the uncomfortable energy covered.
1: Yeah, I was wondering what those stains all over your slacks were about.
0: I spilled something.
1: Do I. I can pack you a bib.
0: I mean, honestly, I need one. I. I'm a sloppy eater sometimes.
1: You're a messy, messy boy. I am. Wasn't. Well, there we go. Didn't somebody ask you about business ties once at barbecue joints? And, uh, wearing a little bib, keeping you from saucing your shirts
0: yeah we we had covered that in one of the previous episodes i think the best way to do it is to just wear a bacon tie
1: but see there's a lot of you and not a lot of tie do we need to be thinking more of like a Vex suit kind of like a, a hannibal lecter full body coverage sort of sauce suit
0: i mean that's that with With Southern Barbecue, that's probably a good idea for everybody, regardless of whether or not they're wearing, like, a business suit or just a t-shirt they don't want to get completely Uh, fucked.
1: Everyone would be a walking sauna. You'd be your own people soup in it by the time lunch ended.
0: I mean, I'm not saying that there wouldn't be suffering, and I'm not saying that everyone's going to get out, but we might save a few t-shirts.
1: Well, if the world ever ends catastrophically, at least a few people would be parboiled for the eaten.
0: (laughs) Want to punch the clock, Britta?
1: It's so weird to hear that phrase. Call me Derek.
0: Alright, want to punch the clock, Derek? Sure do, Frank. Before we go, please send us your questions. Your questions are the honeybee to the wildflower of our comedy. Oh,
1: that's real pretty. Did you write that?
0: I did. Send them to questions at com. Without your questions, a full third of all agriculture becomes impossible. If you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash WLICast and become a patron of the arts. I, I honestly don't think that's... I is. have
1: an art degree. I'm a patron. I think my being an artsy person
0: supporting your show
1: means it's an art.
0: Okay, it's an art. You heard it from someone that got a theater degree. Check yeah, out... who walks dogs for a living,
1: so take that with a grain of...
0: As I said, someone mm-hmm. who got a theater degree. <laughs> Too real. Check out the Why website... you gotta do me this way, Frank? At WLICast.com, where you can find links to our social media and our merch. Mary Berry, quite contrary. How does your podcast grow? Mostly by word of mouth. If you want to inflict this on others, convince them to try the show. Tell a friend, tell an enemy, tell a frenemy. Derek does it better. He does. But he usually does it, and I don't. This has been the Work Life Imbalance Podcast. I'm Frank Eastman.
1: I'm a little confused about my identity
0: aren't we all? It's 2019. And with that, I think we're going to have to transfer you.